Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community and communities create social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Thomas Balmes, and we talk about his new film, Sing Me a Song, uh, Happiness, Babies. Perhaps you've seen a few of uh, his films before. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful time we had uh, chatting about, about this, uh, what, I, what I would call a beautiful and, and deeply unsettling uh, film on so many levels, and yet ultimately quite hopeful. And, and this, is, this is a documentary that uh, really... Uh, I think uses, and I was going to say relies on, I don't think that's the right way to put it, but uses images, stark, beautiful, stunning images to really tell the story and uh, minimal use, uh, minimalistic almost. I hope that's okay, Thomas, to, to, to speak that way about the film. But we follow a, a young boy who, who who's becoming a man who falls... Uh, I guess you could say falls for, I'm gonna, I was going to say falls in love with a woman uh, a long way away from, from where he is and this young monk who is um, discovering uh, technology and the screen, I guess you could say, for the first time. And so Thomas and I chat about uh, the, the existential angst that, that, that can create in all of us, uh, you know, as parents, as people, as community members, as family members. We, 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 we talk about um, that sort of, that, that, the, the shifting of paradigms and, 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 and worldviews and 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 what uh, what our relationships to screens really are and what does it mean that that we spend so much of our lives looking down at this small screen or maybe this sort of mid-sized screen as we communicate with others and is that the question are we communicating or are we actually speaking with people are we are we being so precise that we're losing you know that that sense of community where's the you know the knowledge as T.S. Eliot says where's the knowledge we have lost in information where's the life we've lost in in, in living so we talk about that technology and that that we get into Silicon Valley a little bit and I think the notion of responsibility and 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 what that actually uh, uh, means about the folks who, who've spent their lives building this, this system that we all seem to have just kind of slid into. Uh, we talk about uh, the purity of a first camera experience and what does that even mean? And, and Thomas speaks about it and uh, gets, uh, gets into some of the implications. And it's a deeply existential film. I highly recommend it. It's coming out in January 2021. Look for it. I hope you're going to be able to get to see it in a theater. You really need to do that. Uh, also beautiful on a large screen, but uh, definitely a theatrical piece for sure. Uh, and, and, and stay tuned 
tuned uh, for uh, for the interview with Thomas coming coming right up. And and uh, don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about about my writing and my speaking and, and face-to-face-live.ca, uh, which, which, by the way, is all being redirected to, to a new website in the very near future. Very simple, I hope, and, and crisp and easy to, to navigate. And uh, please, if you like what we're doing here and, and are listening, um, I would love it if you could leave a review uh, for face-to-face on iTunes. Uh, give us, if you're listening on YouTube, a, a like. Please follow us on YouTube. Sign up for the newsletter. We only send out six a year just to keep you up to date on, on what we're up to. And yeah, uh, check out the rest of our interviews. If you found us through iTunes or Spotify or one of the usual suspects, uh, but I think uh, this interview is probably going to be around the 545th uh, interview I've published in the last seven or eight years. So, so stay tuned for more. We've got so many more exciting interviews coming this year and lots of little surprises along the way as well. But um, uh, don't touch that dial. Coming uh, right up, uh, Thomas uh, Balmes talking about his new beautiful uh, new film, Sing Me a Song. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. And once again, we are digitally face to face, but I think we're crossing a pretty large body of water to get to our first guest today. We have uh, Thomas uh, Balnes here with us today to talk about his new film, Sing Me a Song. Uh, Thomas, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, so many. First of all, congratulations on the film. Uh, I'd love for you to to give our listeners a little bit of context ab- about the film and about about your interest in this marvelous, mysterious country of Bhutan, and maybe what drew you in. Um, you've, you're critically acclaimed, award winning filmmaker. You've, you've you've done some beautiful, beautiful films in the past, much like this one. I was a huge fan, by the way. So, so thank you. It was, it was beautiful. And you know what? Um, Very unsettling in so many ways, this film. So yeah, please give, give, give our listeners a little bit of context and, and let's go from there. Well, I would say that for the last uh, 25 years, uh, I think I'm uh, just uh, doing the same thing on different subject uh but uh i I like to change paradigm and and how we we see the world through the way other societies and countries are being impacted by the western society so this could be uh uh, spending some time in in kenya with some uh, maasai warriors who had been sent to to bosnia bosnia uh, during the Bosnia War as blue helmets for the United Nations, uh, when no one explained them why they were sent there. It could be speaking with some Indians during the mad cow disease when the when the UK decided to kill millions of cows, uh, knowing that in India every single cow contains all the gods uh, and that it was potentially them for them considered as a, an holocaust of the cows. Mm-hmm. So uh, potentially I've been always doing re- repeating this kind of changing paradigm to try to for, for us to potentially uh, question ourselves about the obviousness of the way we are doing things and uh, doing wars and eating this and not eating that and uh, watching this and not watching that and and among those subjects I felt that our relationship with screens uh, mm-hmm. digital and mobile phones was something which was taking so much space uh, worldwide, and I could see this growing uh, in the last 15 years, uh, which was five years when I started the project uh, 10 years ago, that uh, I was looking for a location in, in a place where there was no screens at all. Right. And I, and I decided to follow 
someone who had never seen uh, either a television or a, a, a computer or a mobile phone and, and to see the impact of the arrival of these uh, screens in his life and in his community. And this is how I end, ended up in Bhutan and then from Bhutan to Laya and then from Laya to Piyanki uh, that I've been following uh, through 10 years and did two films about him. It's a, it's a remarkable commitment. I remember talking to a, a videographer uh, a few years ago, and he said, I, I just don't have that kind of commitment to tell, <laughs> to tell a story that, that, that could take potentially, in your case, 10 years, really, uh, when you started following Pianke at eight, I believe, wasn't it eight years old? Exactly. You know, you know it's very funny, because uh, I do have uh, uh, four kids of my own, and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not known to be the most patient person <laughs> in the world. So uh, I think, you, I think every individual is patient for some things and absolutely not patient for others. Uh, but uh, I would say that for having a, a story happening and, and letting it happen by itself, uh, because I don't know to do anything else in terms of a uh, way to, to tell films, that uh, I'm very patient with that. Uh, but uh, believe me, I'm, I, <laughs> there is many other subjects on which I'm absolutely not patient at all. Well, it's, it, it really is fascinating what, what uh, as individuals, human beings, what draws us in? What, what yeah. is it? What are, what are the questions that drive us, in a sense? Yeah. And uh, for Thomas, is it, is it, for, is it you, you mentioned perspective. Are you hoping that I, as the viewer, the Western viewer particularly, is going to step into this other culture and, and ask new questions about my own, I don't know, my own understanding, my own relationship to spirituality, to, to others, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, I'm, my my. I'm really considering all these films. Uh, this one is being shot in Bhutan, but I really don't consider it to be a film about Bhutan. I right. really consider it to be uh, a totally universal story. And uh, right. in Pionki, I see my own kids, my own teenagers. Of course. And I could really, with very little differences. Uh, uh, you could, I think, find very, very similar stories worldwide. And this is what I'm trying to do endlessly is really to bring up these universal things to allow us to challenge and to reconsider our own uh, behavior. Um, so um, it looks like it's working. Uh, and you, let's see how the American audiences will react to it. But uh, in France, we had some kind of very interesting feedback and this created some kind of real big discussions uh, among communities in schools and we are creating great debates after the film and it's very first time among all the films I've done that I was really willing to have a kind of very concrete discussion coming out, out of the film in this way. Uh, I, I don't think this was so precise in the previous film I'd done. For this one, I feel the, the threat and the danger of uh, the addiction of all this new generation to these mobile phones as something really, really potentially uh, scary. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm uh, very interested in, in hearing all the people who have created these tools, uh, all this app from the Silicon Valley and all that, on how they are like, when they have left the company they used to work for, uh, start to speak and do participate in another kind of documentary than the one I've been doing, but with the same kind of 
uh, idea behind, I think, uh, by raising some attention to, to the kind of addition that it can create and the kind of space that it can take in someone's life. And it's specifically uh, uh, disturbing when, uh, when the people are just starting to spend like 13 hours per day on their mobile phones, which is the average of a, a teenager in France today, uh, which I think is very similar to a, a teenager in, in the US. And so I, I don't have anything myself against this technology and against these tools. It's just a question of what you do and how much time and how much space it takes to other things, you know, about reading, doing music, doing this and that. Of course. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I find it very interesting to hear all the people working in Silicon Valley sending all the kids in a Montessori school with no screen at all, forbidding entirely any screen at home, and being very radical because I think they understand the potential threat of this, uh, uh, this uh, technology. It's interesting. I wonder, I wonder about that. I've got two teenagers and... Uh, you know, my daughter will get mad at me for saying it, but she was up early this morning, uh, 6.30 a.m., and the first thing she did was come downstairs, say hello to her father, and picked up her phone. And and yeah. it's just, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. I did I did the same thing. So I'm not making a critical judgment, as I don't think you do in the film at all. It's no. very, very observational. And by the yeah. way, I mean, talk about storytelling through stark images, Thomas. I mean, just some beautiful, beautiful images and really unsettling images. Uh, the lineup outside the internet cafe of all these young Buddhist monks. I mean, there's just some beautiful tracking shots and the establishing shots too, just really set us up for that that juxtaposition and that 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 that, that unsettling contrast, you know. And, and and yet we're all in this together. It seems to yeah. me, right? As, as absolutely, kids, as and parents, my, I, I, as a culture. Absolutely. And this is something, uh, and I don't put myself uh, uh, even out of that. I, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I just ended up having one phone, but only a few weeks ago I had two mobile phones because uh, I needed to be working on this and that. And uh, you can work everywhere. And, uh, and when you're working for yourself, you don't have anyone telling you this is the end of the day. So you end up like, uh, so you, I think we, we are all uh, exactly in the same thing, mm. but I think it's interesting uh, to to challenge that obviousness and to to, to create some kind of discussions, you know, and to to potentially have some kind of time in the day where we can put our phone down and uh, start to speak again one with another and uh, and take right. some lunch together and with that. That's you know, right. I, yeah. I, I was even fighting yesterday at home to have uh, my seventeen years old daughter be putting down our phone while we we're having a lunch together, you know. At one stage, you know, if the, the discussion is not interesting enough, okay, let's see what's going on on on, uh, on Instagram. Is there something more interesting than what is going on on this dinner I'm having with my dad? You know, would you so. say? Would, 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 I've got so many. I've got so many questions. By the way, I uh, I feel like this could be a, a two-hour interview uh, easily, mm. uh, and, I, and I'd love for you to teach a university course on this. This is, I mean, to really the the observations and and so on, the insights. I think, and 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 really, here's a comment or a question about narrative filmmaking. You could have had an expert talking about the damage yeah. done by spending too much time on screens and yet what you give us are images of young buddhist monks playing guns and pov shooter games and lining up outside an inner cafe do you think those kinds of techniques and storytelling will stick with me 
the viewer and have more of what? an effect than say an expert psychiatrist, psychologist, mental health specialist talking about, you know, the implications. You, you know, I, I'm absolutely not uh, uh, against uh, when it's well done, this other kind of films. And I think sure, they really sure. deserve to exist. And uh, you, have, uh, Alec, you have Alex Gibney who is a master in doing this kind of uh, very uh, good narration with expert and interviews and all that. Uh, uh, it's not the uh, it's not what, what I'm into, and I, I and I'm not that interested in in doing this kind of project. Uh, the more it goes, the more uh, I'm really into uh, potentially even if I could get rid of any dialogue and do a film only wow. which could work visually, which was something I've done already with babies, you know. So uh, yes, babies yes. didn't have a single piece of dialogue and. And, and, and it was nevertheless released in almost 600 theaters in the U.S. It, and uh, it, it worldwide. Makes it, it makes it universal. Exactly. And, and, and this is something I'm really interested in, in, in doing to work on cinema and to, to work visually and to work with the specificity of the media. You know, now we are doing a radio show. Uh, you could write a book. You could, uh, uh, you could do, yeah, like you have plenty of media. To me, the uniqueness of documentary is reality, and, and and there is something I'm very keen on is really playing with the specificity of this media, which is documentary, one kind of documentary, which is to me cinema du réel or like uh, observational, or whatever you sure, can call sure. it. Or, uh, but uh, to me, I have so much pleasure to to to, to work with this uh, reality, which you cannot write, uh, you cannot predict how long it's going to take you, you can you don't know where it's going to bring you. Uh, that's uh, as long as it's there are going to be people great. who are going to be crazy enough to give me money to keep on doing that, I'm going to try to to keep on doing that. Uh, uh, but by the way, this is not sure it's going to be continuing endlessly because uh, participants uh, has been financing uh, in big ways uh, this, this film, but there are very few companies who have this mm. kind of trust on right. directors and on visions and uh, and who allow them to spend, okay, let if you have one year uh, more shoot needed, we're going to allow you to do it, you know, and uh, and there is a kind of uniformization of uh, uh, how documentaries are being made and produced, which is getting much closer to what you were describing before uh, with talking heads and it's much quicker to do and much cheaper. And uh, well, it follows a formal, uh, a formal structure, too, doesn't it? And, and, and it and it kind of yeah. resolves in a way that that yeah. observational documentary filmmaking kind of sometimes or at least sometimes doesn't. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think there are like so many things you can do, and they're like so great comedies with documentaries. They're like drama. They're like sure, you have like sure. plenty of things, and it's been reducted to something very simple and very kind of poor compared to mm. the potential of the genre. Uh, that I, I I find a bit stupid to to stay to to that, and it's much more dictated by TV, which just. Uh, pushed uh, people to think that documentaries should be interviews and uh, and uh, and images in between the interviews to 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 illustrate sure. these interviews, uh, and I would say 99% of documentaries are being made this way, uh, and I'm fighting to allow something else yeah. to exist. Uh, and, and and for example, the and I don't want to speak about uh, Netflix, which uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, this film was redone for the big screen. Unfortunately, with the COVID, there are like a few countries where it's going to go straight to VOD and all that. Mm. But it's been crafted and fabricated to go to movies. But uh, uh, on the same subject, 
there is a very interesting documentary that uh, uh, with full of interviews of these ex-people, specialists and all that, uh, which uh, Netflix has been broadcasting uh, uh, on the network. And I think the two films combined together are very interesting. And uh, uh, the film is called The Social Dilemma, you know? Oh, and I, I, would, I would really recommend for the people to maybe go and see uh, Sing Me a Song. And then after that, if they're interested in the subject in a more technical and more informational way, uh, they can watch this uh, uh, other film. Uh, but uh, I don't think there is a contradiction and it's not one or the other. It's like... Right, it's not an either or. It's interesting and, and brings up different kind of reactions and different kind of uh, vision, you know? Hey, um, Thomas, you know, you're... Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you are or you, you aren't a good French existentialist at heart, uh, but, 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 I, but I certainly... Uh, some of my philosophical background and training was in French and German existentialism. And for me, your film is deeply existential. It really is. It, it raises some profound serious, substantive, uh, important uh, questions about what it means to be human and, and what it means to be in a community. And, and um, I don't know if you've read John Berger in The Ways of Seeing, but he says something to the effect of the purpose of publicity is to promote a marginal sense of dissatisfaction in the viewer. And I, I wonder, didn't see that, but I like that. Yeah, and, and, and I wonder, is that what's kind of happening in communities like this Bhutanese community, where, you know, um, Pianchi at eight years old says, I'm afraid of electricity coming into our community. Uh -uh. We, we fast forward to the implications of this technology. And, and, and it, just, it just makes me wonder about the little things that we do every single day that are having an impact on who we are and how we relate and, and so on. Yeah, well, um, absolutely. But um, I mean, there is a there is a there is in Pionki this fascination and this fear in the very beginning, which right. I find incredible, you know. And yes. again, fascination and I fear is perfect. Absolutely, and I didn't plan to have any interviews in my film, but because of the kind of uniqueness of the way he was speaking to me at that time. Uh, it was the very first camera he had mm -hmm. ever seen. And he had never seen himself on a screen or he had never seen anyone or he had never seen any screen, which makes his words and the way he's speaking almost like poetry, almost right. like something right. where he's not in representation and where he's not saying this, thinking that I'm expecting this or, or what the people are going to think if I say this or that. This right. is like right. Right. totally kind of a... Right, no expectations. Out, Exactly, and, yeah, and the, the, the pure the pureness of that made me. I was so moved when uh, mm. when he, he spoke to me like that, and uh, and something interesting. All these kind of words he's saying at the very beginning. It's something I didn't even uh, was planning to do. This is scouting footage. I was just doing my casting and speaking to a few people, and I was never thinking of keeping that at all. And I didn't keep it in happiness. I just took it back because in Sing Me A Song, because I felt, wow, this is raw, raw words, which are like really so, you know, he was speaking about planes and fire and uh, he wants to see planes. And the, and the way he was um, fantasizing about all this technology potentially arriving in this village was, I find super poetic, you know? Uh, it reminded me about these uh, Kenyan warriors when I was interviewing them when I was doing Bosnia Hotel, 
uh, and they were speaking to me about the snow. They were living in Kenya and they had never seen snow. And uh, yes. they, they, this was totally out of the subject, but I kept them speak, allowed them to speak about snow for 10 minutes in the film because I felt this was like pure poetry. And I love <laughs> yes. to, to, do, to, to, to do that in my film, you know, not to be too efficient, but just to leave this kind mm, of uh, moment exist. What I, what I love about what you said is that, that, that and there's, it, I, I actually have been in Kenya. I spent time in Eldoret many years ago, and I remember trying to describe ice to somebody in this really rural yeah. community. They had no refrigeration whatsoever in this small little village in, in, in Eldoret. And it's, it is fascinating how we can step into those worlds uh, through storytellers yeah. like yourselves. And I think it's so beautiful about, about, about documentary uh, uh, filmmaking. Um, we, we've got to wrap it up in a, in a couple of minutes here. And I, I just, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the relationship and I don't want to give too much away for our viewers again. And you're going to have to, the film is opening soon. Uh, sing me a song. Um, Igu, if I'm pronouncing her name right, when, when they first met, the scene of him sort of ignoring her at the new mm. information he's been told, and I think her line was something to the effect of, you, you looked a lot bigger in, on WeChat. And I, and I just thought, wow, I'm so glad you left that line in because isn't that what, you know, and that's the marginal dissatisfaction again, right, from John Berger that it's just a big letdown ultimately. And by the way, this is the reason why he started crying. Uh, it's not mm. because uh, she already had a kid or whatever. It's just the, the meaning. She was so mean with him and so tough. Mm. And this kind of, uh, she felt she was so disappointed to see him. And uh, you're right. small. And he, she think to her daughter, tell him he's little. Tell him he's small, tell you know. Little. This, this was so tough that he started crying. And uh, this was totally unexpected again. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is uh, exactly why I'm keeping on doing what I'm doing, you know, sure, because sure. Uh, inside of these moments, you have things which are happening, which yeah, beautiful it's like babies, you know, it's like mm. things that you cannot really recreate, you know, uh, it's things which are happening only once, uh, and that uh, it's going to be different if you go back again, but it's never going to be the same. And there is this uniqueness, so and this is what I'm trying to capture on every single scene and every single frame. It's something that potentially is happening once and that you have to be there. And you. And this is why I think it's uh, worth spending 10 years following someone because at the end you have something which doesn't look like anything, you know? It's it doesn't like, look like uh, anything else. It's yeah. a bit, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's and a I like this uh, singularity of doing weird projects. You know, like, like it was a fake, same thing with babies, you know, how are you going to spend 90 minutes with no dialogues and all that? And, and I like this kind of challenges and... Uh, trying to to also play with the genre and and sure. for this one i really wanted the film to look like a fiction uh, which mm. made some kind of uh, questions among the viewers is it a fiction is it a narration is it a documentary and, and, and i i find it also very interesting connected to the subject itself of the project as a film mm. you know what is real what is fake and uh, uh, who is this guy i'm going to meet on uh, on tinder is it, uh, is it is he real or is it going to be different from what i'm fantasizing is you know and uh, and uh, so uh well it's thomas is it's a beautiful film and and i'm glad you and i'm glad you stuck with it and we're committed and, I, <laughs> and I, I truly hope you go on to make these kinds of stories and and show these sorry show these kinds of stories it allows us to step into something it's a real it truly is a real gift you know it makes me wonder if payanki and Nigu had they met first 
and then develop their relationship. Yeah. Well, and then develop their relationship on WhatsApp. What what then would have happened? And it's a question that I, I hope audience members ask. And 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 I'm looking forward to your next film, frankly. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what, what's part three of this story? So yeah. And sadly, we've we've got to wrap up. But uh, what what yeah. a what a pleasure uh, chatting with you today. I, I've just I honestly I feel like we could go on for a couple of hours. We've barely scratched the surface. Well, and isn't that let's great? organize that another time. A uh, wonderful, can, wonderful thing. That would be wonderful. Thomas Palmez today uh, uh, talking about his beautiful and uh, uh, unsettling and deeply moving uh, new film, Sing Me a Song. Thomas, thanks so much for joining me on Face to Face today. I, I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.